Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. I see you, friend. You're pulling in your garden harvest. It's covering every surface of your home. And now you're left with the very familiar problem of what the heck do you do with it all? Most of us have not been blessed with a house with a traditional root cellar. And if you are someone with a root cellar, I am exceedingly jealous. But there are plenty of ways you can still store your crops for later. Here are three of my very favorite tricks. I'm your host, Joe Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the place for you. Hey friend, I'm interrupting this episode for just a quick minute because I have a really exciting announcement. For many, many years, I have relied heavily on planners to keep our full life in flow, but I have always struggled to find one that fits the uniqueness of a homestead lifestyle. The planners I've used in the past always kind of left me wanting more. They would contain weekly spreads that never quite fit our life, and they never took into account all the moving pieces of an old-fashioned lifestyle. You know, things like meal planning, gardening, preserving, or seasonal living. So I decided to make my own, and I am so excited to introduce to you today the Old Fashioned On Purpose Planner. It's designed for homesteaders by homesteaders. It's the planner I have wished for for years, and it is loaded with helps, cheat sheets, templates, and guides to streamline your homegrown lifestyle, whether you live on 100 acres or you're just homesteading in your backyard. Head on over to prairieplanner.com, and I'll show you a sneak peek of the inside. I also put together a bunch of bonuses to go with it, and guess what? Free shipping. That's www.prairieplanner.com. Now back to our episode. So I am actually recording this episode with a little extra measure of excitement because Christian and I, now I'm not making a promise, but we are contemplating putting in a root cellar this year, which is a little bit late in the game, honestly. Um, But... We're really seeing the need for one, especially as we continue to expand our food growing. I don't feel like it was as necessary for us back at the beginning because I was still trying to figure out how to grow vegetables and I would grow smaller quantities. But now we're kind of in our groove. Well, most of the time with a lot of things, not all the things. But, you know, like this year we grew a lot of potatoes, more than we've ever grown before. And one of the big issues for us as we continue to expand our growing capacity is storage. Now in years past, we have used our basement for storage, but it just hasn't worked how we would like it to. And so we're kind of just exploring options. We had a concrete guy come up a couple weeks ago and he talked to us about the logistics of pouring a concrete root cellar. We have a neighbor with a backhoe so we could borrow that. Christian could do the dirt work himself. And so our biggest expense would be this concrete. Um, Anyway, so I have been reading books. I have been doing research. And I just thought it would be fun to talk through a few of the ways you can store food, even if you don't have a root cellar. 
um, because that is what we have done forever. And I've had a ton of questions from a lot of you on Instagram and on Facebook saying, what do I do with all this food? And so here are some options. And I actually also have a whole blog post on this. It's called 13 Alternatives to a Root Cellar. I will drop that link in the show notes. And it has links to more in-depth instructions on certain things. But this will just kind of get your uh, ideas flowing, hopefully, and you can take it from there. So first off, I need to give you a book recommendation because I recently bought this book and I am so glad I did. Like, I'm really picky. I've said this before. I'm really picky about the books I buy. I don't like clutter, even in the form of books. Like, if there's a book that's not great, I give it to Goodwill because I don't like to have bookshelves of, of fluffy books. But this one's not fluffy. It is a good investment. It is called Root Cellaring, which is a very... Uh, common sense title, but root cellaring, natural cold storage of fruits and vegetables. And it is by Mike and Nancy Bubel, Bubel, B-U-B-E-L. I probably butchered that. I'm sorry, Mike and Nancy, if you're listening, I apologize. It's a really good book. It has diagrams. It has charts. It talks about how to build a root cellar, but it also talks how to do makeshift root cellar options. And it gives a lot of information on, um, how to store certain vegetables, how certain vegetables will handle different types of storage and what the requirements are. It's just really good. So go get it if you are interested in this. Um, but I'm learning a lot. Anyway, I'll share a few of the things I've learned from the book and also some of the things I've just learned from trial and error over the years. So the big thing you need to remember, if you are storing vegetables, now not all vegetables are great options for a root cellar or long-term storage. Obviously things like cucumbers or tomatoes or green beans, there's a reason why we freeze or can those things. But there are root crops, the potatoes, the beets, the parsnips, um, the carrots, and so on that are fantastic for root cellar op or root cellar storage or cold storage. And you can grow a lot of those things and keep them for many, many months if you play your cards right. So the thing to remember though, is that when we are trying to create a root cellar environment or mimic a root cellar, it needs to be cold, dark, and humid. So a lot of these vegetables, and you can get into the specifics of what exactly what each vegetable likes, but the, kind of the, the thing to remember is the colder, the better, but you don't want things to freeze. Because if they freeze, you know, once they thaw, everything gets mushy. Have you ever tried freezing a potato? It just is gross when it thaws out, right? So you want right above 32 degrees Fahrenheit, if possible, with some humidity. And from my understanding of what I'm learning is that as, you know, we pull vegetables out of the garden, they're still alive for a while. But as they start to age, they start to lose some of their moisture. That's just a natural process. And so when we can have a humid environment to keep them in, it just slows that moisture loss and keeps them a little fresher, a little longer, not so shriveled, not so dry. Um, now, even though that is ideal, 32-ish plus degrees with some humidity and darkness, you can get away with something that isn't exactly that. If it's a little bit warmer, if it's not quite as humid, there are still things you can make work. It just might not work for as long or work as well. But this is kind of the boat I have been in for, well, since we started homesteading, I've never had a root cellar. And so I've always just kind of had to make it work. So here are three ways 
actually kind of four, I don't know, three-ish, we'll call it three, um, ways you can store your root crops. Maybe they're ones you grew, maybe they're ones you bought at the farmer's market or your friend gave you extras, but here are some ways you can store them um, and get away with it, even if you don't have an actual root cellar. So number one, this will work probably if you don't live in Wyoming, <laughs> if you live in a more normal climate, but you can leave certain crops in the garden. Your, uh, I don't know, potatoes, potatoes might work if it's not super cold, but like carrots and parsnips are great for candidates for leaving in the soil if you cover them with some mulch. So um, we want to make sure that none of the the fruit or the vegetable is, uh, I guess it would be vegetable because there's no, I think we're talking vegetables here, but none of the vegetable is exposed, right? If you have beets, sometimes their tops stick up out of the ground a little bit. You want to make sure that's completely covered because if the skin of the vegetable is exposed and it freezes, then it's not going to be good anymore. So you want to cover with a heavy layer of mulch, like 18 inches is not too much. So you can use straw, you can use grass clippings. Um, I know some people will cover their rows with like a tarp. And for us, if we were to do that, we would have to anchor the tarp down with probably concrete blocks because our wind in the winter is so intense. Um, but if you don't have as much wind or you don't get as much snow as we do, you can either scrape away the straw mulch or you can move your tarp um, and harvest as you need it to. Now, again, I haven't done this method a lot. I, I do it to a certain extent. Like I will leave my carrots in the ground till October or November. But beyond that, it doesn't work for me because we get so cold and the ground freezes solid and then it's like impossible to get the carrots out. Or another thing that happens is we have our drifting blizzards with all the snow and it will dump a drift right on top of the carrot bed and the drifts, like they can be three, four feet tall. And then trying to dig through the drift to get to the carrots in the frozen ground is just not, just not going to do it. To be honest, it's not going to happen. So I don't like to leave mine in the garden long-term, but I know that can absolutely work. And I've heard of folks in a little bit more temperate climates doing that with great results. So do a little research if that's interesting to you. Um, talk to gardening friends, Google it, see if that's something that would work for your harvest and that'll save you some space in your house. Okay, the other another tip is to use an un heated room in your house. And I think when I'm talking to other homesteaders, this is the one for those of us who are without a root cellar, the one that we use the most. And this is what I have done for many years. Um, we have a basement. It's not completely unheated. Like, you know, the pipes aren't going to freeze, but it's not as near as warm as the rest of our home. So I go into our, this old unfinished part of our basement. It's got cobwebs and, you know, <laughs> scary concrete walls. And that is where I will store, or I have stored my potatoes and my carrots and my onions in the past. Um, if you have an old like farmhouse type of house, I know some of those, you know, rooms on an old house will be not very well heated and super drafty. That actually might be a great room to store your root crops. Or I've heard stories of people using an attic or a crawl space to store their food. The, the one thing about the crawl space to me worries me with like rodents and, and pests. But if you can work around that, you know, that might work as well. So you have to get creative with what you have. Um, you could also use like a garage if you have a garage that's unheated, but isn't going to freeze. 
that could work or an outbuilding. Um, sometimes if you're going to use something like a garage, maybe you use extra insulation around the box or whatever you're storing in just to make sure that it's a little extra protected, but it's really about being creative. So with our basement, what I have done is, um, the other thing to remember is with things like onions and potatoes, especially they need to have some air circulation. So you don't want to take your potatoes and like stick them in a Rubbermaid plastic box with and clamp the lid down and leave it just because they will rot and mold really quick. So they need to have some air exchange. And so, um, what I will do, and this has worked moderately well, but it's not perfect. I will put my potatoes in cardboard boxes and I'll put like a layer of newspaper between each layer or each row of potatoes. Does that make sense? Old cardboard boxes. And then um, I like to completely close the cardboard box and then put it in this part of our basement that is super dark. Because the issue with things like potatoes is if they get exposed to light, they begin to sprout. And honestly, I still have sprouting potatoes even when I try to keep it as dark as possible. Like I said, this isn't a foolproof method. Um, but it is something that has worked and I'm able to eat on those potatoes. I would say by January, they're not as much fun to eat because you kind of knock some of the sprouts off, which is fine. It's not going to hurt anything if they sprout. It's just sometimes they get long sprouts and sometimes the sprouts will start peeking out the top of the box and it looks like creepy little potato fingers (laughs) coming out the top. Um, But that will work. Um, I don't think our basement is quite as cold as I I would like it to be, but even though it's moderately cool, it still works. Um, I've also hung my onion braids down there. I have an onion braiding tutorial on the blog that I will link in the show notes that uh, you don't have to braid your onions, but that's kind of a fun thing. And it also allows for air circulation. Now, carrots. I, I, I just don't feel qualified to give you advice on carrot storage in this capacity because I have had carrot disasters. So there's a lot of people on the internet that are like, oh, just store your carrots in sawdust or um, store your carrots in boxes of sand. You know, sprinkle some water in there, layer the carrots and you'll be good. I have tried this. It was a horrible failure. Like it was gross. And Christian is completely traumatized by this and will no longer allow me to try to store carrots in the box. So I've done it. I put the carrots in the sand. The box is heavy. Like you need a dolly to move it around. It is so heavy. And my carrots were disgusting. Like they turned into rot, rotted carrot mush and I never really used them. So I might've done something wrong. I don't know, but I cannot personally recommend the carrot sand method because it did not work for me. Again, that could be pilot error, but maybe go to someone else for carrot storing it storage advice in that realm. Now, what I have done with carrots and beets, and that has to do with my next little root cellar tip for those of us without root cellars is to store them in the fridge. Now, you might not have room in your regular house fridge, but it could be a really, really wise investment to find an old fridge on Craigslist or on a Facebook garage sale group. Invest in that. It can be old. It doesn't have to be pretty. Um, and keep it in your garage or your shop or in the back room of your house and have that be your storage refrigerator. Because as long as it's not turned up too high and too cold and it's freezing the vegetables, um, that's a great place to put your carrots and put your beets. You can put a little pan of water in there to kind of help with some of the humidity maybe. You can even put your cabbage in a fridge and your cabbage will store quite a while. 
if you're not wanting to make sauerkraut or something like that, you can store it in there. So um, an old fridge is a good option. You can also put your ferments in a fridge. So if we build a root cellar, my goal is to be able to put my potatoes down there in baskets and my onions and my carrots in baskets. And I also want to have shelves to store my jars of sauerkraut or other fermented foods. Um, but since I don't have that yet, what I've always done with sauerkraut in the past is just store it in our shop refrigerator. And that works just as well. Um, okay, what else? So we have leave it in the garden. That's option number one. Number two would be putting it in an unheated room in your house or in your garage if your garage doesn't freeze. Um, and number three would be to get an old refrigerator that somebody else doesn't want anymore, but it still works. And you could use that to store your veggies. Now, there are a lot of ideas out there as well. And you'll find these in my blog post that talk about burying things in the ground, like burying a trash can in the ground or burying an old chest freezer in the ground and then storing food inside of that. I think, I mean, for us, we haven't done that just because I think it would have to be buried fairly deep, excuse me, for it to not freeze here in Wyoming. Now, again, if you're in a more mild climate, that could work. Um, I would look at a couple different tutorials or instructions before you go start like digging and burying trash cans in your backyard. But that is an option. I've even seen um, ideas where people would stack, like they would have kind of a hole, but then they would stack hay bales around it. And then they would put a window on top and kind of create a greenhouse effect on the top just to make sure it, it doesn't freeze. There's a lot of ideas out there. Make sure you're following one that um, has good reviews or that looks like it would work. Because I feel like there's also a lot of bad advice when it comes to root sellers or a lot of people who are giving advice on things they haven't really tried. You know, that's kind of a lot of, of the reasons I haven't liked other root seller books in the past is because they seem like there was a lot of ideas that weren't really proven. But anyway, that's just my little caveat. But there's lots of ways to creatively store food. And if we decide to build our root cellar this year, I promise I will keep you coming along for the ride, let you know how we figured this out. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention is you can also build, like if you have a basement like we do, there you can also build a cold storage room. And there's some pretty cool tutorials out there using like insulated blocks or foam where people will kind of frame off a corner of their unheated basements and make an actual root cellar in the basement. So we looked at that actually quite a bit. And the reason we didn't do that idea is just because it's really important in your root cellar to have a vent of some sort because the vegetables, or if you have like apples or things like in that in your root cellar, as they begin to age, they give off ethylene gas. And ethylene gas causes the other fruit and vegetables to spoil more quickly. So that's why you'll see in an old root cellar, um, they'll have vents going to the outside to get fresh air in. And we, with the way our house is built, we could not vent it. So that's why we didn't put a room in our basement. But honestly, if I could have figured out a way to vent our basement or, you know, build a cold room like that, I absolutely would have. So maybe that's something you would want to consider. Um, I would Google building a cold storage room or something along those lines, because that could be a really cool idea that wouldn't require a concrete truck coming to your house, you know, and starting from absolute scratch with a concrete bunker, basically, but you could use what you already have in your basement. So there you have it. 
not necessarily um, everything you ever needed to know about root cellars, but hopefully this episode just kind of got your creative juices turning, helping you think outside of the box. There's lots of ways to squirrel away that food for later, as long as you're willing to be a little bit creative. And that, my friend, is all I have for you today. Like I said, I'll link those blog posts in the show notes if you want to check out some other ideas for food storage. Of course, there's always canning as well. And you can check out my Learn How to Can course at www.learnhowtocan.com if you are wanting to truly create shelf-stable food that doesn't require any sort of special root cellar or refrigerator whatsoever. And as always, if you'd like to see more of the behind the scenes of all the things I talk about on the podcast, the pictures of the garden and the greenhouse and the cows and the chickens, be sure to follow me over on Instagram. I post quite a bit over there, especially on Instagram stories, and you'll kind of get that behind the scenes view of all the craziness that happens here on the Prairie Homestead. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. And we will talk again on the next episode. Take care, friends.